I just thought I'd get that in there quickly at the start, but just perfect. Ex- that is perfect. <laughs> explain the uh, explain the haircut. Um, I've always played around my hair. I've had dreads, long hair, short hair, buzz cut, and I thought I've never dyed it before. So this is where we're at. I've had it pink, and now I'm a, I'm a bleach blonde. Yeah, no, nice, love it. I am. Um, are you a football fan? No, I'm not. No, have you ever seen the uh, the James Corden? Um, talk to the England team where he says to David James, he goes, um, you've had it red, you've had it white, you've had it cornrows, you've had it fro. I just, it just reminds me of that when... Um, That's what when I feel like, yeah. <laughs> what's um, what's next when it comes to the hair? Um, I've thought purple and I've thought nice. um, green as well. I just like being out there. Yeah. I like, because my parents just say, when you have dreads and like cornrows, like we, could, we can kind of see who you are out there. And when I cut it short, they're like, we don't know who you are so I was like right well going blonde or pink will definitely stand out yeah definitely standing out on the pitch that's for sure um great to have you on for a for a chat on the loose heads clubhouse podcast really excited to have a chat with you of course um you've been a big supporter of loose heads over the years um so dead dead excited to to have a chat and the first question from me or the second question I should say because I've uh, I've talked about the hair but firstly it's um how are you out of 10 uh I'm an eight today I'd say. Nice. I'm pretty, feeling pretty good. Nice. And it's a day off, is it? Yeah, so we've got a rest day today. I've um, just been chilling all morning, kind of doing some, some tidying around the house and just feeling good. Nice. Getting it in there that you've t- been tidying in around the house. It's, uh, it's <laughs> nice to hear. And I saw, on, I saw on Instagram, actually, that you were in, um, you were in Barcelona over the weekend. Oh, it was lovely. We stayed about two hours away in a place called Calea. Um, nice. My girlfriend's a uh, friend from school was running an Ironman or doing a half Ironman, sorry. Um, so we that was planned and then we were like, we might as well go because we had the bye week. So we had about four or five days off around it. So we, we kind of tied the two together and the Ironman was crazy. Like a huge event, like mad. I don't know how, like massive props to those guys that do that. Yeah, I've seen um, a couple of people have done Ironmans and ultra marathons for Lucid's fundraisers, and it's just absolutely crazy. So one of my mates did it recently, and he—I don't know how he did it. All around the coast of Wales as well. I just have no idea how they do it. Yeah, no thanks. Not mental for me. battle on that is a, is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The first the first component of the podcast, Jacob, is um, so each guest that comes on will answer a question that the previous guest has left. So we had Stacey Flula from the Blackferns camp last week. Um, really good chat. And her question for you is, who would be your dream guest for a dinner party? That's the question I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> just one, just one guest. Just just one guest, yeah. Although, um, although dead, talk to me about your options. Dead or alive, anyone. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, first choice, if it was one choice, would be Bob Marley by far nice. um i was a massive bob marley fan growing up because my dad absolutely loved it i probably went through two years of just listening to bob marley so i just love to kind of sit to him talk to him listen to his music that type of thing it'd be so cool uh and if it opened up uh, a couple more would be dwayne johnson kobe bryant Derek rose would be like another three, three people i'd be pretty keen to talk to yeah 
Yeah, sounds like a sounds like a bloody good dinner party. That. Um, what would you cook him? What would, what would you cook for him? <laughs> uh, I think with the pressure, I'd have to order. I'd order some some Thai food or like Ooh, nice. sushi. Nice, nice. Love that. Love that. Um, Stacey, be proud. Um, just want to get sort of straight into talking about rugby. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, your last game was against Bath. You've, you've had the bye week, but um, your last game was against Bath a couple of weeks ago. And what a game for a neutral watching on the sofa I was. Firstly, first question. Um, I feel like uh, as as a spectator, the wreck is such a nice place to play sort of in the sunshine, but not on a cold wintry night. And I don't think mm-hmm. I'd ever asked this question to a forward. So I've, I'm taking my, my chances here and asking you as a back, but is it good to get the wreck out of the way earlier on in the season when it's not too cold rather than playing on a, on a cold December night? 100%. A hundred percent. Like I just, the pitch is good. Like it's when it gets into like the middle of winter, it's like an absolute leveler. Like if you're an outside back and you're trying to make a break, like anyone can catch you. Um, yeah. So yeah, playing at this time of the year is so much easier than like January, February time. Yeah. You go out for the warm up and you're freezing and then you go back in the changing room to put your boots, you know, you, you know, lace up and everything and then come back out and your, your hands are freezing, especially as a back yeah. as well, uh, you know, Playing, yeah, yeah. like you have been recently you've been playing fullback and but getting a bit getting a bit cold out the back there <laughs> yeah yeah i think we played them a couple of years ago and it was like foggy seven like seven thirty kickoff freezing lads were shivering on the bench yeah so much better this time of year yeah for sure and and you kicked the the last points of the match to obviously put the game out of reach and essentially win the game I noticed after that successful kick at the end, you made a little uh, a little gesture to the crowd. Can I ask? Can I ask what that was about? Um, yeah, just uh, a few people. I'd, obviously, I don't know who, but a couple of them were just giving me a bit of jip in the crowd, uh, saying saying a couple of things. Nothing like too personal, um, but just kind of trying to put me off. And then when it went through. I just, you know, I'm going to do it. Like I've seen NBA players do it, NFL players do it, and I thought, why not? Why not try it now? Um, I didn't think they'd catch it on camera, uh, to be honest. So I was kind of hoping that it would just kind of breeze by. Um, but now everyone's kind of seen it. But yeah, bit of fun. Amazing. No, I loved it. I thought it was class. One of the um, one of the components of this podcast is that we will set a challenge for each one of the guests that come on. So I'm wondering if there might be a specific Lucid celebration that you might be able to do the next time you, you, you kick a, you know, you kick a goal or, you know, penalty or, or conversion. Um, one of the things that we've spoken about before is having a, something for our ambassadors, um, like a Lucid celebration whenever they score a try. Um, but the one that we came up with, Jesse Lingard stole, and it was that sort of, because it's yeah Lucid, yeah yeah L, L and a H in there. Um, so obviously, and a, a, one a question to those people listening to this podcast: um, any any suggestions for a decent Lucid celebration? And then it would be great if you could, um, if if you'd be happy to do do something for the for the Lucids, uh, you know, in honor of the Lucids podcast. Absolutely, hundred percent. Let's just yeah. hope I get my next couple of kicks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to think about what that celebration looks like then. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you do the Jesse Lingard. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah. Well let's 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 set that up as a challenge. I'll go with that. To do it. I'll go with that All one. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Um obviously you spoke about people in the crowd there. Um obviously rugby's a game where we respect the opposition and, and we talk about rugby values. Is it is it often the fact, you know, that you get heckled by 
the crowd obviously it's it's that whole banter thing but is is it a, a big thing do you get heckled um obviously you're a kicker as well so there's those moments of potential silence um before a kick mm. and 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 you, you know you might be able to hear the the fans heckling is it is it you know, does it happen often um it happens a fair bit to be fair um i remember one key one that's quite funny i think we were playing irish away and i was taking a conversion kick from the corner and someone because it's so quiet like you said someone must have said to like the person next to him went god he's got small calves doesn't he and like i heard it so clearly and it really, I absolutely shanked the kick and I just couldn't get it out of my head um, like the next like 10 minutes. But there, definitely like like recently, since obviously fans come back, there's definitely been a few cases where people, you can hear people like giving you a little bit yeah. jip. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that we spoke about on the the first two episodes of this podcast um, was sort of rugby housery, so rugby shit housery, basically. And mm. that's, that's, a, that's a piece of... Um, Fan housery, I guess. Um, the biggest piece of of, of fan shit housery. I think we we could um, we could get a few stories about that in the later episodes. Yeah, there'd be some funny ones. <laughs> Not to make you unpopular by any set of fans, but who's the which stadium is the worst? Not the worst. Let's not say the worst, but for for that heckling. Uh, Gloucester's up there. Obviously, the shed. Yeah, pretty, the shed. Pretty yeah. intense. Um, Bristol a couple of times. Um, as, uh, they've been heckling me on a few kicks. Um, yeah. Those are the two that stick out. What's the biggest... Um, we spoke about this with a previous podcast we've done with Callum Sheedy before, and he said that he blocks out absolutely everything. But is there anything in the stadium, like you know, the, the advertising boards, for example? We, we spoke to him about the advertising boards that change as as you sort of kick in. Do you, mm. blo- you completely block that out, or, or does it ever affect you? No, it's, it's never really affected me. Like to be fair, when I'm kicking, I don't really, I can't really, don't really think of anything. I can't remember like thinking anything when I'm kicking. Um, but I am quite, especially if it's a big kick. It's, I do tend to listen out a bit more. Like I'm, I'm a bit more like tuned into what's going on around me, which doesn't always help. Um, but now, like anything kind of around the crowd or like people moving and stuff like that, it's never really, really bothered me. I guess it comes back to training every day and and back to that place where you just in the zone, isn't it? Um, and we speak yeah. about fans, obviously fans in the stadium, but more than that, there's obviously fans across various social media platforms now too. Um, and you did a video with Wasps. Uh, I watched it last night actually. You did it last summer about the sort of the pressures of of the spotlight. And you've been there when you've when you've sort of been reading through comments after after games and and maybe where you know you, you sort of haven't played as well as you'd want to how hard is it to stay away from social media and and is there that temptation to to sort of have a look even if you've had a good game or a bad game yeah it is tough um i went through a phase of it like around that time of like deleting instagram and twitter i don't think i actually haven't got twitter back yet um just because i kind of for me, if, if something's not working, I try and cut it out 100%. That's uh, the best thing that works for me. So um, I, I try my best now, like you said, like even good or bad. Like even after that back, I try not to um, to read anything about it just because um, I know like you can get into a real bad spiral of it. Um, yeah. And I know there's a lot of people just say kind of um, stuff that they don't even really mean. They're just kind of saying it for the saying's sake. But I, I've got a, a good support network around me. My girlfriend's pretty good at it. She, um, she tells me not to read all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm definitely getting better at it. It is, um, yeah. it is a skill. Yeah, and it's, 
like for, from the outside looking in, it's probably one of those where, you know, you jump on the bus after a game and what do you do? You go on your phone. So it's so easy to just get into that habit of just, you know, you, you said you, you're not on Twitter anymore, but just going on any any social media platform just to see what people are saying because you, you're interested in what the fans have got to say um, and you Absolutely. want to listen to them. But sometimes it's just a little bit, a little bit on the negative side. Yeah, especially when you're younger, like you're kind of looking for that validation. Because if, say, if you've not either a good game and the coach has not really spoken to you, you're kind of looking for like a, a little bit of hope to see what, what someone's said out there. Um, but then like it, it gets worse when kind of, like say your family haven't watched the game or they're not too clued up and all they read is, you know, Instagram comments or or news feeds and stuff. And they, you know, you're there getting the slating and then they're asking questions and it kind of all just kind of compounds into one. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, and as a player as well, um, you you know full well when you've when you've not quite had the the game you wanted to have you know so you don't need people piling on piling Absolutely. on that pressure yeah um has there has there ever been a a comment that sort of stuck with you i think you meant you mentioned one in that that video yeah that, i remember yeah. yeah he said um i didn't so, uh, someone said i didn't deserve to play for wasps um and that one that one got me pretty good it probably took me a good few months to kind of get past that um like i had a shocker absolute shocker against Quinns, and that's kind of how it all started um but yeah that one got me just because it's like again it's just so open like you, you, how can you say that without knowing me or or what training is like or or what i've done growing up and stuff like that um, same for anyone anyone that kind of gets to professional level like they've sacrificed a lot to get there and they've worked pretty hard to get there um so it kind of just got me confused for, for a very long time you said there you, you had the sort of the support network around you um, around that time that took you away from that look, you know, getting into the spiral of checking various social media platforms after games. Are you now, obviously you've, you've played a fair few games for Wasps um, and, and there's people sort of coming through the academy now and, and, and playing and they might be in that situation that you were in. Are you one of those people that, you know, now can offer advice and, and support for those players as well? I'd like to think so. Um, kind of, if, if one of the lads has, has made a comment like, "Oh, someone said this," I'm like, "Just don't read it." Like, and then I kind of, you know, tell them my side of the story and what's happened. And it's just like those those things don't matter at the end of the day. Like, it's it's, it's your friends, your family, and your teammates are kind of opinions that matter, not the not not people out there on social media because you know they're just saying it for saying sake. And there's a couple of lads that do do check it quite often, and I'm. And I, I hope that they, if they ever had a problem, they'd come speak to me about it and, and look for some advice. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we, I remember speaking to Mo Hunt about this and um, she said that after like getting a, you know, a bit of abuse on, on social media, it's, it's also looking at that person and they might be going through a few struggles and it might be their release, um, which is quite a, mm, a, a strange way of looking at it, but actually quite an important way of looking at it um, because it might be that we jump on that person. Um, and, you know, in some cases, quite right to jump on that person, but also let's be thinking yeah. about what they're going through as well at the same time. No, absolutely. Yeah, because obviously no one knows everyone in this world. You don't know what people are going through and, and- Especially when it's an account that you know is on private, or you yeah. can't see what they're what they're going through day to day, and um, yeah, it's a good point to think about. And uh, it's kind of like what my my girlfriend, my family just we spoke about when we went through. Just like, just imagine what other people are going through. Like you don't know what what's on the other end of that on that screen. 
Um, yeah. So you just kind of take that into perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think Mo Hunt put it quite well. It's um, it's the the egg on Twitter is how she put it. It's that um, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't have a display picture. It's the egg on Twitter, and yeah, in some cases they are the egg. But let's let's look out for those eggs as well. Mm. Um, just want to bring it on to obviously it was a a sad day in rugby yesterday with the announcement about Worcester and our thoughts at Lou Sedza with everyone connected to the club. Um, Jacob, you, you, you must have friends connected to, to Worcester. Um, it's fairly close geographically as well to, to Wasps. And it's it's bloody sad um, to, to see, especially as a, as a rugby fan and, and, and that whole rugby family, we, we obviously need to do better. Um, you know, is, is there a message of, of support to those Worcester players, those Worcester staff and obviously the, the Worcester supporters as well? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough time. I've messaged a couple of the boys uh, that I know down there and it's just hard to kind of to message them and say, I hope it's going to be right because it, it's just, it's not like it, the situation yeah. they've gone through, everyone that's there, it's just terrible, absolutely terrible what's happened. And when you're growing up, you don't even think that, you know, that's going to happen. Like I remember watching Worcester like 10, 15 years ago as a kid. I never would have thought this would have happened whilst I'm playing as well. Um, so, you know, I hope that, you know, going forward for a lot of these people, they can find jobs or find teams. Um, and I hope it all kind of all works out in the end. But yeah, like I said, it's it's a pretty shit situation they've gone through. Yeah, it's um, a sad day for rugby, like I say. And yeah. obviously the, the RPA are doing some good work with with obviously the players uh, and obviously the staff as well and the men's and women's team but obviously for those supporters out there if if they are listening to this you know we've we've just announced a text line service you know if you're having a tough day um it's it's text rugby to uh, 85258 so if you are struggling there's there is a text line service out there the loose heads clubhouse podcast is sponsored by two amazing organizations firstly days Beer for doing, it's great for active people and for opening up conversations. 100% beer, 0% alcohol, brewed in Scotland, B Corp certified. 2% of sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives, so we love working with them, and they have just launched in Wagamamas too. And they have offered us a discount code, and it's LooseHeads20 for 20% off over at checkout. Secondly, 4-5. So they are a CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players George Cruz and Dom Day after suffering injuries during their careers. They've got thousands of athletes as customers, and they are the official wellness providers to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. They're available in high street retailers such as Boots, Next, and Tesco's. They've just launched hydration tablets. So keep yourself hydrated with 4-5. We have a discount code and it's LH20 for 20% off over on their website, which is www.45.com. Um, obviously, we're talking about social media um, and we're also talking about the the sort of uh, the, the podcast listeners as well. We've been blown away by the amount of support and listenership so far. This is only the fourth episode. We've reached USA, Australia, France, Belgium, and even Martinique. Um, we've, we've just reached the 35K uh, follow a milestone on Instagram too. So it's important to give a huge shout out to, to our community. Um, and whilst on community, I just want to touch on something that you've done away from rugby, Jacob. And it's exactly that. It's, it's about building building a community. And I want to ask you about the clothing brand that, that you and um, Paolo Adogu have, have, have sort of set up, a, a, you know, C- Composure Club. What's the story? How did it begin? I'd, I'd love to hear it. Basically, it all started from me not being able to speak the best English. Um, we were in a team talk. Uh, this is the Prem Sevens final a couple of years ago. Uh, and I wanted to say, you know, keep your composure or stay composed and just got it all muddled up and said, stay composure. Um, and we ended up losing that game, kind of threw everyone off straight straight away because we all started <laughs> pissing ourselves laughing. Uh, and then it kind of just stuck. 
uh, stuck around the training, people were saying it. And from there, like I think Pab's made a T-shirt. Because um, me and him have always, uh, well, mainly him, he's been like, a very creative person growing up. And he, you know, he's got some crazy outfits that go on now. And we both kind of wanted to um, start a clothing brand. I've always wanted to do it as a kid. I've always been interested in that side of like into fashion. Um, and then it just so happened that it came up, the timing worked. And we, we kind of started it just, I think, during lockdown. Um, we had some time, obviously, away from rugby just to think about things. And we thought we'd give it a crack. And, and yeah, it's been just over like 18 months now, I think. It's not been smooth sailing by all means, but... Um, yeah. It's been good fun, uh, you know, work, working with like one of your closest friends is, is pretty cool. My girlfriend runs our social media as well. So that's, it's, it's pretty fun. Like I was saying to you before, it doesn't really feel like work. It's just kind of like a hobby that we do. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. Obviously, part of part of Loose Heads is, is that clothing side. So you spoke about some of the the struggles as well. Know, know exactly what you're talking about. Um, can you just talk about some of that, some, you know, some of the stresses and, and struggles that come with running a a clothing brand so yeah the, the the start of it was the first drop we did um went really well i think we, we sold sold out of everything and we, we sold out of the t-shirts within like two or three days so then we were planning on doing our second drop and we thought well we've done x amount on this let's let's do more let's double it and then obviously everyone's bought a t-shirt the first time no one's going to buy a t-shirt like two months later um and then we, we had that stock sitting for pretty much a year uh, and like it cost us quite a lot to do and and that then when you have got the cash flow going like we didn't know what we were going to do for our next drop and we were panicking and yeah it, that was kind of the biggest um learning curve has just been like thinking about how you can generate the, the, the cash flow again once once stuff's been sitting for a while and, and finding yeah. ways to market it so we can get some of our older stuff going so we can bring in money for our new stuff yeah no it's, it's all part of that learning process like you said learning curve mm. um We've we we've got a load of mistakes in our garages, um, the three of us, <laughs> from when we first started. So um, no, keep keep at it, and uh, I love it. As, you, you know, you sort me a hoodie. It's it's actually in the wardrobe behind me um, right now, and, and I'll be definitely be getting that back out throughout the uh, the autumn and the winter months. So yeah, no, uh, stay composure. Stay composure. That's the key. <laughs> and we talk a lot about at loose heads. We talk a lot about the preparation for life after rugby. I know you're you're only 24, but it's vital that we're having that conversation with players. You know, earlier and earlier. You know, it's is it's composure club your your plan for life after uh, after rugby when you hang up your boots? Yeah, ideally so. Um, when I was I got injured recently and I had a lot of time to think about um, off field stuff. And one of the plans was to kind of. You know, if you know brick and mortar stores are still around in kind of ten years' time, we'd love to open a shop. Me and Pabs kind of have like a, a flagship store if it, if it goes that way. Uh, but we've all, I've always been interested in like running a coffee shop or like a barber shop or a restaurant that type of thing. And I think if we could incorporate that with selling clothes, and I'm, I'm interested in sneakers as well, so selling sneakers, yep. that type of thing, that kind of hub, um, that's the, the kind of the end goal for, for after rugby. If I could sort one of those out, I'd be pretty happy. Um, but I've, I've pretty keen on coaching as well uh, my old man coaches my uncle coaches my mum coaches so it's kind of just natural to fall into that after rugby and I've done a bit here and there in the last couple of years so that's that's kind of my my other backup plan as well no nice we we often talk about you know for Lou said it's, it's it's that it's changing the whole dialogue so that we're talking about plan a um so rugby players and it's that education piece around you know rugby isn't there forever it's it's plan a it's it's not talking about what plan b is it's 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 that plan a so yeah really really important nice to hear that you've got um 
a few things in a few things lined up or a few few ideas anyway um and um and you're thinking about it already and, and you're only 24 so that's that's class to hear um next next component of the pod is a bit of a weird one um i actually sent you a bit of a running order uh yesterday and you asked what on earth this was um, <laughs> and i explained it and it, it is a bit of a strange one but it's sponsored by sam james obviously the center for sale and it's the pensive pre-pod poo ponder and it is a bit weird it's very strange actually but i asked him last night for his uh for his pre-pod poo ponder and it is if you were invisible would you use it for good or for evil <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what I'd use it for if I was invisible. Like, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> the, it, just uh, reminds, it just reminds me of that. Um, is it in- Incredibles where she goes invisible? Yeah, Vi- yeah Violet. It, I don't know what, yeah, Violet. It's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good knowledge. I tell you, I tell you what I would do. I'd if I if I would, I'd I'd uh, go into all these secret places like. Um, government places area 51 all those things i'd try and do that yeah that's the one thing i'd do i'd be, it'd be more interesting than yeah. like good or evil yeah 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 good evil or interesting interesting <laughs> all right nice 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 answer um and last last week we had um stacy fluler on uh obviously blackfern she's in the squad for the first game for the for the women's rugby world cup which obviously kicks off as this will go out we'll be well into it but um tomorrow and um we spoke to her about New Zealand being obviously the best country in the world uh, on planet Earth, but also they're they're very good at rugby over there. And you went over there to play rugby. Um, I don't know how long that was for, but what was what, what was that like? What was the experience like? Oh, absolutely amazing! I was there for um, eight nine months. Best like best time of my life. Well, mainly because I was like staying at my uncle's house, like not paying any yeah. rent, having meals cooked for and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but like the rugby side of it and the the lifestyle was just amazing. I met some some real cool people out there. I uh, kind of put a lot in perspective because I went out there not knowing if I'd play like ITM Cup rugby or anything else. Just kind of chance my arm and playing some rugby. I hadn't played uh, a lot in the uh, over here for like A League and I hadn't been on loan much as well. And then kind of I got injured straight away. I broke my arm, was out for three months, uh, and that kind of gave me some time to to think about like what I wanted to do. Uh, again, like as you injured, you got plenty of time to think about it and. I was having to work, so I was like uh, delivering estate agency flyers. Uh, I was working behind a bar, um, cleaning out, um, cleaning out the club I was working for, and that kind of made me realise like I don't want to do this. <laughs> I really don't want to do this. I want to be trying to play rugby. So like kind of when I came back from injury, I put all all I could into trying to get into the um, ITM Cup team, and just I managed to to play a fair few games, and I didn't play in the final, but we ended up winning, um, beating Canterbury in the final. But that the eight nine months was unreal, like unreal time for me. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's stepping out of your comfort zone, isn't it? And and and, and testing, just experiencing a different culture as well, um, which is Absolutely. which is quite nice. And I guess you'd you'd recommend it to to any young rugby player that's that's coming through. Then, oh, hundred percent. I think some of the lads uh, at the club, a couple have been out there and played club rugby for like three or four months. We had a lad just come back from Australia recently, um, and it's just just a, it just opens your eyes like rugby yeah. wise you've obviously if you're playing in England it's a pretty physical game um like it's pretty much you know very set piece based very kicking based whereas over there you've got you know props throwing three three man miss passes running out from your own line 
Uh, it just kind of changes your whole perspective and and, and love. For, definitely for me, got got some love for rugby back. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was an unreal time. Yeah, I just want to talk to you about injuries as well. You spe- you explained there about um, sort of you take a step back from rugby um, when you're injured, and we, we were in at sale the other day talking to a couple of the, the injured lads, and it's a bit you know it's tough because you're away from the um, the whole squad. Um, what what what's it like being you know being that player who's injured that's not quite you know connected to the rest of the squad but you're not out there playing uh you know you're not you're, you're not out there training with the lads what what's it like um it's difficult it's definitely a, a tough time to go through I mean I've never had an injury or touch wood I haven't had one just around like um you know like a, a nine month or a year out or anything like that I think when it gets to to that point we've got a couple of lads coming back from that now you know the, there will be some dark times in there where you feel like you know, completely given up. Um, yeah. But we're lucky at Wasp. We've got a good like um, rehab team that, that keep you motivated, keep you going every day. Like if you're if you're lagging behind, they're full of coffee, full of beans. They'll be they'll be picking you back up. Um, but it's it, it's one of those things. I I, I kind of like stepping back for the first couple of weeks when I was injured. I like just kind of sorting out what was going off. Um, you know, in, in my life, admin type of thing, making sure that was sweet. So when I get back to kind of running and, and playing again, that stuff's all sorted. So the, the work-life balance is pretty, pretty like similar. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And before um, you were, you were talking about obviously being from a, from a rugby family, just a couple of famous rugby names in the family, uh, Father Mike and, and Uncle Tyner, obviously. Um, what What's it like carrying that surname? Uh, yeah, I've had this question so many times. Uh, I, I love it. I mean, to me, it's, it's just, you know, what I've grown up, I've, I've never known anything different and yeah. I, I never will. So it's just kind of, it comes, yeah, you get a bit of stick when you're playing when you're younger, you know, kids kind of figure out who you're, who you're a, dad is or your uncle and like if you have a bad game they, they give you stick but uh it's it's pretty cool I, I love it like the the line of rugby uh in our family is a joke um you know yeah. a couple like I said we got my uncle uh, a couple of other cousins that have played for the all blacks yeah uh one of my female cousins plays for the black ferns and my little brother's starting to go through it now uh he's yeah. 50 14 um and he's kind of getting to that point but he he probably loves it even more than i did i was probably a bit oh wow bit standoffish compared to him but he just he loves it he like flaunts the name wherever he can (laughs) amazing is do you reckon your uncle's the um scariest person to ever perform the hacker oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) one the one where they did the couple pango like the first time they'd done it and he goes crazy like all this like that that is that is terrifying yeah, that oh, was like right. me growing up seeing seeing him do the hacker was like such a big rugby memory for me on the TV and yeah. Yeah, he's have you have you seen what he's up to now? Actually, go on. He's uh he just I think he came second. I want to say in like a world jiu-jitsu competition. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's a uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's been doing it for four or five years now. In he, he's lost like. 10 15 kilos um and he's yeah he's he was so into that and he's obviously doing very well as well sport runs through the family obviously and then T- tries his hand at anything and he's just he's yeah. one of those guys that's pretty good at whatever he wants to be at yeah yeah that's it and obviously we spoke there about the the whole rugby family where did where did rugby start for you uh originally started up in uh halifax a club called old Brodlians, um and then we moved to, to coventry my dad was coaching Coventry like 2005 uh, time and I ended up playing for Kenilworth uh, just my local club from the like, under sixes to uh, under 16s 
and then yeah I've, I've still got quite a lot of love kind of I go down there uh, I've got a couple of mates that have played there since um, and yeah it's a pretty cool club to be around yeah they've actually our whole mission is to put a, a mental health lead into every rugby club in the world and um Kenilworth have have just come on board actually, and they've signed up as a as a partner club of Lucid. So we'll have to when we go down there, we'll have to grab you to to come down with us. Um, one yeah, of the, sounds good. One of the uh, questions from our Lucid's Academy. So it's a hundred um, raving fans, supporters of of the cause, and our voice in the grassroots game is: Were you always a fly half growing up, or or was there another position that that you know tickled your fancy? Uh... I think I, I've kind of flirted between scrum off and fly off uh, when I was younger, like kind of under like under nine, under twelve, just because um, we had another guy who played nine and he wanted to play ten, so we just kind of did half and half. Um, moved to moved to centre uh, for a few years, like coming through academy. Um, I think they thought I was going to be kind of like a big ball carrying ball player, uh, and then I just never grew, and I've just been small ever since. Um, but then I've obviously played quite a bit of fullback as well uh, yeah. now. So although like fly off is like my preferred position, like I feel like I can cover quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, utility back, absolutely. And yeah. um, just whilst we're on grassroots rugby, so the Lucid team, we, we were at Sidmouth at the weekend and unbelievable day out at one of the most engaging partner clubs and um it was a bit of a you know picturesque place um it was a, a little seaside town with a big rugby club in the heart of in the heart of the town and um one thing i just wanted to to ask what one to you jacob but also to the listeners is um a question about what is the most picturesque rugby club in in the uk because we'd love to get there for a photo shoot i don't know if you know any any decent picturesque rugby clubs out there but we're on the lookout. We're on there the was, hunt. There was one. Uh, we played uh, for Kenilworth on tour. I can't remember if it was Cheddar, like Cheddar Gorge, that uh, area. Yeah. We played yeah, down yeah. there. We played one, and it was just in this in a, in a field, and like around it was, it was just hills and valleys and stuff like that. it was crazy. I can't yeah. remember where it was. I try and find it and send it to you after, but it was just amazing, like beautiful place. Yeah, I'm based in Bristol, so Cheddar's only down the M5 a little bit. So if it's Cheddar or anywhere near there, I'm up for going, taking a few t-shirts. Oh yeah, I'll try and find it, and, and I'll try and find it and send it to you. Amazing, amazing. And then just a couple, a couple of final questions. Um, obviously, when this podcast goes live, it'll be the day after World Mental Health Day. Um, obviously, Lou said mental health charity, and, and and I've mentioned our mission there. And just to sort of ask you a, a, a question that we've asked everyone that's come on you know if you, if you had a mate that was sort of going through a bit of a tough time struggling a little bit but not really talking about it and, and sort of you know struggling in silence really and not really feeling comfortable to open up what what would be your your message to them I think for me whenever I've kind of gone through that it's just if talking it out loud is, is never going to make it worse like no matter what happens uh, and, and, and obviously everyone goes through uncomfortable situations that they're hard to talk about but Finding someone you can lean on, no matter if that's friends, family, or just a complete stranger that you just feel like telling telling your your problems to, um, it's never going to make it any worse. Like it's always going to make it better being able to talk about it. Nice, nice advice. And there's loads of content going up on the Loose Edge channels throughout World Mental Health Day. We're just about to announce that we're the official mental fitness partner of Major League Rugby. We're obviously, continuing our, oh, our partnership with. Um, Premiership Rugby and um, we're about to be doing a bit of work with the RFU as well so keep an eye out and obviously sign your sign your club up to the Lucid's uh, partnership program because we want to help you and just to finish up Jacob obviously you answered Stacey Flula's question at the start of the pod um, what would be your 
question for the next guest. Uh, favorite karaoke song? Mine is Dreams by Gabrielle. Bit of a rogue shout. Oh, but, um... beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I can't sing, but I can definitely perform. <laughs> what would be? What would be? What would yours be? Um, I think when I was younger, I did uh, R. Kelly Ignition, but that's kind of been a bit tainted now. Oh yeah, um, good song. Though. Good song. <laughs> um, but it, it was it'd probably be. Um, Vanessa Carlton, a thousand miles. Nice. I was saying that was my like my England um, my England song. That was cool. Nice. nice. I like that. We've um, we're, we're on the lookout at the moment. At least as with our our podcast, our podcast intro and outro at the moment is pretty terrible. But we're on the hunt for any professional rugby players that either play an instrument or fancy themselves as a bit of a singer. So if you've got anyone in mind, or if you fancy getting on the guitar or the piano or anything like that if you play it then uh please let me know <laughs> paolo's good at guitar i'll play right. that now paolo is paolo can play so maybe we'll sort you out there we go i'll send him a message i'll send him a message <laughs> no thank you jake really really appreciate um you jumping on for a for a chat looking forward to seeing the jesse lingard next time you you slot a kick and um hopefully we'll we'll catch up soon hopefully at kenilworth yes sounds good brilliant thank you thank you very much for coming on no worries. Thanks for having me.